The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, my name's Maureen Metcalf. Welcome to Voice America, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, we'll be talking to Gary Ross, President of Ross Innovations, and Jody Curran, Senior Director of Customer Support and SaaS Operations at Astute Solutions. Our topic is how you increase the value of your business and potentially pursue outside investment and exit. We'll also talk about how leaders increase their personal value. Our conversation will focus mainly on Gary's experience, his results as president of four different organizations over the past 16 years, and the models and techniques he used. I want this Voice America series to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders that will help them prepare to lead their organizations in the dynamic times we currently face. The more highly effective leaders we have, the better the journey through the next 35 years to Leadership 2050. In addition to sharing models and our experiences, I invite you to find one thing from each of our weekly segments you can put into practice in your leadership. Think about this. When was the last time you updated your mobile device? When was the last time you actually changed your behavior in response to a dynamic organization? If you're not updating your leadership and or your behavior, you're at risk of becoming outdated, and many leaders end up being the problem instead of the solution as the environment changes and they don't. Uh, we could call that they become a depreciating asset just like the technology they're using. So what can you take away from each of these talks um, that, that allow you to change the way you lead and or behave in the organization? My personal goal is that you walk away with one or two ideas that will improve your behavior enough that you recoup part of the time you spent uh, listening to this conversation. So we'd like you to leave today with a clear understanding of how you might apply some of Gary's experiences to your own organizational challenges and opportunities and one action to take away to personally update. So let's briefly jump into the bios and then um, Gary and Jody will talk about their experiences. So over the past 16 years, Gary Ross has successfully served as president and CEO of four different organizations, ranging from $10 million to $150 million in revenue. He's improved financial performance and value creation within both large public technology and private family companies. Under his newly formed company, Ross Innovation, uh, Gary has completed successfully confidential engagements with CEOs of several software and technology service companies to help them drive specific value creation initiatives. 
He's actively involved in boards and leadership roles within the industry and community and serves as a mentor to other executives, students, and friends. He started two companies in the past three years and run eight marathons in the past six. He's a speaker, performance coach, advisor, mentor, and believes that if you have a passion and drive, anything is possible. And him running eight marathons seems like passion and drive. Um, Jody's currently Senior Director of Customer Support and SaaS Operations at Astute Solutions, and SaaS is uh, Software as a Service. She's responsible for leading and managing global support and operations teams at Astute, a SaaS company specializing in development of cutting-edge technologies that transform the customer care marketplace. Software products that she supports include customer relationship management, social media monitoring, web self-service, and knowledge management tools. Jody has more than 11 years combined management experience. She has a tactical management style focused on building strong customer relationships through employee development and effective business process creation. So we'll start with Gary talking about leadership and how he's increased value of organizations. Jody will jump in and then also talk about what it's been like to try to implement what Gary has creatively and innovatively introduced into the organization. Oh, Jody's laughing at this. Um, and then we'll wrap up. So let's let's hear from Gary and start with what makes you tick? Well, uh a good answer for what makes me tick and keeping it brief and concise, I'll pull up my Twitter profile. And in the Twitter profile, you can only have 140 characters. So here's what my Twitter profile says. Uh, tech CEO, customer and people advocate, increasing your value, husband and father, marathon racer, inspire, have faith, never give up. There's so, Gary Ross. So what I remember is getting a, a fundraising request. You were running a marathon and doing something with a young child. Was that a, a boy from Children's Hospital? Yes, every year I run the Children's Champion program mm -hmm. uh, through Children's Hospital. Uh, Ian was a little boy, 10 years old, that fought a very strong cancer. He had to have chemotherapy and radiation over a six-month period. It's and he beat the cancer. Kid. Yeah. It's a long uh, time for an adult. So uh, Ian and I became friends. I'll you know, talk later if we get into it about mm -hmm. my fight against prostate cancer. I beat prostate cancer. Uh, Ian beat his cancer. We became friends. And I ran for him at the Columbus Marathon last year. Uh, very inspirational. Uh, he inspired me. And mm -hmm. uh, I've done that the last few years. So I think it's a great program. So in our initial... Um conversation on this Voice America series, we talked about the leadership mindset uh, aligned with uh, strategist developmental level. And one of the elements in that mindset is uh, having a diverse set of interests. And it seems like your passion for running and seeking knowledge outside of just the specific software arena really um, makes you a better leader. Well, I like to compete. <laughs> Notice I said marathon racer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I so, did notice that. <laughs> uh, I always uh, kid my son that I'm not a runner; I'm a racer. <laughs> and what's the difference? Uh, you know, you're you're, one you're out to win. You're out to win. You're out to give results, just okay. like a leader of a company. So you want to give results. You want to you know win your age group. You want to beat your time from last last time that you <laughs> raced. Uh, so even though it you know takes a lot of discipline, a lot of courage. 
and a lot of fight to do it, it's also good mm -hmm. to have a goal. Okay. So, so on that note, what are your biggest strengths and weaknesses? Well, I uh, like to answer that. I did a little study myself of a uh, article I read from Jeff Hayden. Jeff Hayden is, is a great blogger, mm -hmm. uh, and he sent out a blog that listed the eight qualities that make unforgettable bosses. Okay. And I thought, wow, okay, what are I doing those eight qualities? So. And Jody's going to comment on how you did on that. Uh, Jody, yeah, yeah, I'm sure Jody's <laughs> given me a lot of input over the years. So. This is not just self-reporting. <laughs> I could probably fill this out for Jody. But, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we could do that. If we have enough time, let's do that. Uh, <laughs> She'll jump in and not wait for you to make time. So I listed Jeff's eight qualities that make unforgettable bosses on the left-hand side of the page, and across the top I put the four president roles that I've had. And I rated them from one to ten. Like, how did I do, in my view, mm -hmm. in those areas from one to ten? And then I added them up and I got a score. Like, okay. which of those four president jobs did I think I rated the highest on in terms okay. of a leader? Okay. Uh, and then I looked at my results. What were my financial and, and other major achievements at that mm -hmm. company? And I ranked that. And I looked at the correlation of the two. Okay. And what I learned is that that the your ability to perform in some of the leadership areas directly relates to financial results. That's part of why we're talking about leadership Yeah. <laughs> And the things I learned about myself were that when I lead with passion, I inspire other people. Okay. When I lead with passion, you know, people love that, and it usually gets better results when you do that. Uh, I found I did better when I'm able to build my team. Uh, if, okay. if you're able to build your team, I found that, you know, that was a better experience and better results. Uh, what did and, you do to build your team? What, pardon? Give an example of what you did to build your team. Uh, just, you know, the hiring and the developing mm -hmm. of the people that are there. Okay. Uh, you know, trying to use a combination, if you can, of mm -hmm. the people that are in the company and maybe bring in some new blood as well. Okay. Cool. Uh, uh, so. Thank you. And the last thing is to aim high. In a, uh, if I aimed higher, if we aimed high as a team, it seemed like we accomplished more. Mm -hmm. So setting high goals, uh, setting aggressive goals, a lot of times you'll achieve more than you thought that you could. Uh, so that's kind of the things I picked up from looking at how I was doing and and from that I went into hey, what do I love to do so I mm -hmm. developed that as something I you know kind of keep in front of me as I look at other opportunities in the future uh, learning from my four experiences in the past okay so I see that you have these actually printed out do you have yeah. like a personal mission card or how do you keep these front of mind I, I just you know look at them every once in a while okay uh, so it just uh, it's it's interesting to me that different people have different techniques. Everything from um, when we used to have the old planners and the Covey stuff, and yeah, you know, look at them every morning. And I've seen people use them as screensavers or um, put them on their mirrors. There was some Harvard research years ago that looked at um, people who were clear on their goals and their values. Those who looked at them on a regular basis. Uh, were exponentially more effective over 25 years, so it's not shocking that you're really clear on what are what are your strengths and how do you leverage them in selecting which jobs and clients you work with. Right, and I think if you look at a leader, a CEO, what do you what are you there to do? Uh, you know, you've got to help set clear goals for the company. Mm -hmm. What is the direction? Get everyone to coalesce around that, and then I think once you have that, how do you increase the speed of the company? You know, to get things done. How do you increase that speed? So 
if you can do that, I look at myself as a spark plug of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jody is a make it happen person, you know, and uh, I am too, but I depend on people like Jody and my team to you know, make the details of the plan happen. I'm trying to help set the direction, helping to get them excited, put the right people in place. So you talked about setting high goals. Do you, different belief systems, some say that you set them higher than anyone could possibly achieve and then encourage people to go there. And other people would say, you know, you just set reasonable ones um, because you don't want to have people feel like they failed. My guess yeah. is you're setting pretty high goals. Well, I've had leaders above me that wanted high goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your audience can relate to that. Uh, and, you know, the problem with setting too high of a goal is people don't hit their bonus, and that's not good. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's good to set high goals, but when you talk about compensation, maybe that's tied to uh, a goal that's, that's aggressive, but uh, maybe not, you know, the top goal that you want. Oh, that's interesting. So you can decouple yeah. financial compensation and... Uh, targets. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So tell me about how you grew Astute um, and orchestrated their exit. Well, Astute uh, was at for two and a half years, nearly three years, and I think we accomplished a lot. And okay. It, so and that's what attracted me to the company. Very aggressive company. Uh, but we acquired a cloud telephony company. Okay. And we expanded internationally to new, totally new markets. Okay. Uh, we grew the business 38% per year Okay. while we were there. And then we went out and got investment capital during that time. So in two and a half years, we accomplished all of that, uh, which I'm really proud of the results. And Jody was part of that team, uh, how much we accomplished in a short amount of time. So, so we've asked our listeners to, to pick a few behaviors um, and try them out. So what specifics did you do that drove that kind of growth? Because presumably everyone wants to, to be able to replicate what you've done. Yeah. Um, can you give us a couple of specifics? Well, one of the things that we did with the investors is uh, we introduced a growth cube, uh, which I utilize now in my consulting, uh, where you can take your management team and develop a strategic plan, but are you able to execute on that plan? A lot of times people do their planning and then it sits on the shelf. Yep. Okay, so... How do you make that plan executable? The Growth Cube allows you to do that, and it basically is looking with your leadership team, how can we grow within our current customer base, and then how can we grow and get new customers? Uh, and working with your team to identify those programs, put values to them, uh, develop mm -hmm. specific, measurable, quantifiable uh, projects and follow-ups that come mm -hmm. out of that. So once you agree on the plan, your team has things that they can actually act on. So this is the analytics behind doing a strategy. Yeah. So I right. customer segmentation, potential for growth, See, potential analytics. for decline for segments that aren't going to continue to deliver the same level of revenue. Right. And it identifies the potential of your company, too. You talk okay. about aiming high. Uh, Astute Solutions, $20 million company. And through the growth cube process, by using the analytics you mentioned, mm -hmm. we identify nearly a $400 million company potential. Wow. So that's what attracts investors. Mm -hmm. That's what will get them interested in your company. Mm -hmm. And Jody has said, Gary, you make our company look good to, to the investors. Yeah, but that's part of it to show the potential mm -hmm. of that. So, so it helped you identify the acquisition that you made. Where, where, where are we light? Where can we augment our current services? We had a great uh, CTO at Astute Solutions, Alex George. And Alex 
had a product roadmap, and that was one of the gaps in our roadmap. Mm -hmm. So we went after and acquired a company that could fill that out. So I hear a lot of analytics in addition to leadership that you're either you are or you have people on your team that are highly quantitative. What do you think, Jody? How would you answer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um, analytics. Um, Gary's big on, um, and as he should be, and I'm sure all CEOs um, are, of metrics, dashboards, that type of thing. Um, what kind of things does um, a CEO um, look at every day? What kind of metrics does he glance at first thing in the morning to see that the company um, where the company's going and where they need, um, where they're weak and where they're strong. Um, he's also big on um, whatever um, department you're running. Like me, I've always kind of been in those operational type departments in the background. Um, so um, my metrics or my dashboard that I look at every day might be a little bit different mm -hmm. than his, but he's he's very. Um, he thinks that everyone should have a set of key metrics, key things that they look at, um, like um, churn and retention, those type of things. Um, from a service or support area, um, customer first response, um, are we getting the answers out to the customers? How are we getting the answers out to the customers? Do they feel like um, they're getting these answers quickly and they feel like the, we know what we're doing? Um, is that how they're feeling? So we have to have metrics that show us those things, and he's big on having us look at those things. Customers like customers like that too. And Jody and I did a team metrics review with our customers. So we take our largest customers, uh, do a quarterly SLA review. Service level agreement. Yeah. Okay. Right. And Jody would lead that, and I'd participate as the CEO of the company with Jody, and she would go through the metrics just for that customer. Like here's how we're performing for you. So you sat down with several of your all or with a conference key. calls with okay. our major customers every quarter. Right, the major customers. Um, okay. Well, really anyone, any customer that we felt you know or wanted that or needed it. But um, okay. our major customers, we'd sit down and tell them, you know, um, how are we kind of for example service? What kind of calls? How many calls are you calling every month? And um, how many issues are you calling in every month? What kind of issues you're having? How quickly are we resolving those? So we sit down, we give a review of here's what. Here's where we see where we're at with you. Do you agree with this? Mm -hmm. Basically, is what that call is all about. Um, here's what we have year to date. Um, how happy are you with us? Cool. So it sounds like, as the CEO, you're identifying growth opportunities, uh, helping implement them with staff, but also heavily involved with customers on a regular basis um, to get their feedback. And I'm assuming that then integrates back into the growth cube. I think you got to be there with your customers, understand your market, understand your customers, you know, get your company focused on the customer problem. Okay. That's customer the key problem? to have, oh, have the your customer. The, whatever problem the customer has is your what problem. What are they trying to do? What is mm -hmm. the customer trying to do with their, with their consumers? Mm -hmm. uh, how can we help them with that? Focus your company on that. Not so much on the products you develop, uh, but on that mm -hmm. customer problem, what they're trying to do, and how we can enable them to be successful. So I assume that that's, your growth cube focuses on that then? Yes. Okay. What problems are my what problems or challenges are front of mind for my customer? How do I solve those? And in doing, how do I grow my company? Right. Fabulous. Thank you. So we're going to go to break. Um, you are listening to Voice America Radio, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And today we have Gary Ross and Jody Curran talking about growing astute solutions and also how to grow your company and increase your valuation. We'll be back shortly.
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guests today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Voice America series, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, with your hostess, Maureen Metcalf. Uh, Today our guests are Gary Ross and Jody Curran, uh, talking about how to grow and exit a company. Um, Gary is now going to talk to us a little bit about um, the fundamentals. What did you put in place for the organization to allow you to transform to increase the valuation and growth? Well, I'd like to talk about my model as being a leadership model and a financial model. Okay. Because the way you run the company can lead to the financial results. Mm-hmm. Uh, so or not. I, or not, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I draw... You know, uh, for the listeners, just draw a circle, and in that circle, there's four bubbles on on the outside of the circle, and they all connect to each other with arrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the middle is a dollar sign. If you do those four things that are in the bubbles, uh, then you you know get the financial results. And the four things are uh, creating raving customers, which we call raving fans in our companies. So what do we do to create raving fans? Uh, the second bubble is creating raving associates. Okay. Uh, third bubble, inspire innovation. And the fourth bubble, win new customers. And, of course, when you win new customers, you create raving fans out of them, uh, create raving associates, you inspire more innovation, and then it keeps going. Mm -hmm. And if you're successful at those four, then you'll have the financial results. So this seems doable, and yet we look at a lot of companies not accomplishing these kind of results. So what's different about what you do and how you do it? I think you have to focus. What you got to focus the company and focus yourself on 
What are those key things? What are the key metrics, as Jody talked about? Mm -hmm. uh, stay focused on that. Monday companies try to do too many things. Okay. Uh, so what are those? And uh, you know, with customers and creating maybe customers, uh, for example, things that we've done in the past, a customer advisory board. Uh, okay. We've started and ran customer advisory boards at the last two companies, Jody and I. Uh, the customer advisory board, a lot of people have customer advisory boards. I think you'd find ours a little bit more unique uh, in that it's very active. Uh, we're getting them involved. Uh, we're uh, giving them action items. We give them homework. Mm -hmm. uh, we get them to speak to our company. Uh, so it's a very active, you know, high expectation kind of customer advisory board. And we hope that they, in, in turn, get a lot, of, a lot of it also. I've, I've seen our customers interact with each other, share ideas with each other, mm -hmm. even go to each other's offices. After being part of our board, they become friends and, and share ideas with each other. So it's it's a way of exchanging best practices among your customer group. Yes, they love that. Okay. And that's what they're looking for. One of the big things they're looking for out of that. They okay. also want to influence your company. Yeah. And Jody course. knows when you know customer advisory board calls into support, what do they do? <laughs> Everybody's going crazy. That's right. <laughs> oh my god, exactly. a customer advisory board member's on right. the phone, let's start moving. <laughs> Everybody knows who they are. Okay. Um, right, we want to impress those people. <laughs> there are customers, we hear them, and um, actually the best decisions that we usually make are based on customer feedback through those advisory board meetings. Um, so that's just so critical to our business. Um, but yes, when they call in, we want to hear what they have to say. Their feedback is critical. So um, I can't really say anything else about the customer advisory boards. One of the things that we did that was really neat was one of the years we put uh, Tra a trade show display yeah. outside yeah. of the customer advisory board meeting. So after the customer advisory board was over, we'd come out of the conference room, have maybe a couple of cocktails or drinks for them mm -hmm. at five o'clock. So they do those and set up around the uh, office in booths were all of our developers, all the guys that develop different applications for the company. Mm -hmm. and, they, and the board member could go over to talk right to the developer developing one of the new products and, and talk to them. So oh, I think you should change that on the screen or change this. Oh, I really love this or that. And we've actually had some of them actually place orders on the spot mm -hmm. for new products through that trade show concept. And it was all our developers talking to them. Interesting. One of the things um, early in my career, I did some work with Malcolm Baldridge assessments. And one of the things that Baldridge looks at is how do you collect customer feedback and do something with it? It's not throwing it through the slot in the door that has no one on the other side. But but this sounds like a beautiful way of integrating your customers in the development process. And again, don't try to do too much. Take a couple of their ideas and do them. Show them mm -hmm. that you're going to act. And do those couple things. Mm -hmm. Don't try to do 22 things. Do two things okay. and make something happen. Uh, another example of that is uh, our customer satisfaction survey. We had a customer advisory board meeting at one of our conferences, our customer conference conferences and we had the customers on the board stand up and walk up to uh, uh, a, a display that we put up that had all mm -hmm. the customer satisfaction results and recommendations mm -hmm. that we got back from them. Mm -hmm. We assimilated it all and we had them go up and pick the ones that they thought we should focus on first. So it was an activity where they got up and actually moved things around on the board mm -hmm. and picked things that they shot, thought we should be doing and prioritized them. So we come out of the meeting with, you know, specific, actionable, uh, you know, directly given to us by the customer. 
perfect because the idea of prioritization is tricky. If you ask for my feedback and then you don't pick my thing, I could be cranky. Yeah. So, so by engaging them in all of them collectively in prioritizing, at least I'm seeing that you're doing something for someone. Yes, that's even true. if it's not mine. That's true. And that I may have actually prioritized your thing over my thing. Right. Right. That's a, a wonderful way to integrate them into the selection of what we work on. They become your biggest fans, actually. I mean, after a period of time, especially when they see that you're going to act on what they're saying, that their mm -hmm. input really did count and it made a difference in our company and our products, that's where your testimonials come from. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're the ones who are out there really pushing the company for you. and Which makes sense because we're all so busy that it's hard to get someone to even respond to a two-minute survey right now. Right. So to get them to come in, participate on an advisory board seems like a big deal. Right. And getting those responses, too, part of your reference marketing. Mm-hmm. It is really key. Uh, we used a gamification product at Astute uh, from Influtive where the customer is giving their feedback, endorsing us, uh, being a speaker at our conference would earn points and maybe a ranking of the customers that had the highest points. And uh, we would, you know, allow them to interact with each other. Uh, so developing a way for your customers to interact, give you feedback, uh, recognize them. You mm -hmm. know, the guys at the top of the list, we would send out like a box of cookies every once in a while and say thanks for everything you do. You know, just something to get that customer feedback out there in the market to help you win new customers. But you weren't giving them free software. Uh, no. Okay. Wouldn't do that. No. Uh, actually, no, we did. Just, no. A free trial that would lead to a conversion. Okay. So, so again, I'm hearing pretty revenue-focused. That's why the dollar sign's in the middle of the circle. Yeah. Okay. I think the more they see you that um, what changes um, or the information they've given you or the feedback they've given you that you've made the change, the more feedback they give you, mm -hmm. you know, they become almost a part of the company. But yes, they're they're paying for the software, but they're still a part of your company, an important piece. Um, recently, I had a customer leave um, the company. They they um, were on a customer advisory board for us. They left one company, went to another, and in a different role, they really weren't related to, they used our product at the company, but they really weren't in a role that they chose our product. But she called me and said, hey, this is going on. I heard this, you know, through the grapevine. I'm just giving you a heads up. So she gave me some valuable information about the new company that she's at to mm. help my company now. And she's not on my customer advisory board because she's at a new company. So it's amazing. So the loyalty is... Right. The loyalty, it, it just builds customer loyalty. And we're not huge on org charts, but on the org charts we show, we put the customer advisory board as part of my staff. Oh, that's interesting. So, you know, the next to Jody's name would be the cab. What we okay. call the cab. Okay. So they're part of the staff. We share some of the financials. Uh, we share some of our new product direction. So we open up as much as we can. And if we trust them, you know, we think that they'll trust us. It, it makes sense with that idea of reciprocity. Yeah. Right. That I I am transparent and and you talk a lot about being authentic. Yeah. That, that by appropriately sharing, I build trust that allows them to continue to share information with right. me that would be easy to just yeah I heard that but I'm busy and I'm not going to make the phone call. Right. Right. Cool. And I love your authentic leadership. You know, the, the, the things that you put out there and your, your mm. information that you've released on Authentic Leadership. Thank you. And I support that. And I know Jody does, too. Jody is an awesome, authentic leader. Uh, and I know we'll probably talk more about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's important for your customers to see you uh, as real. Let them get to know you. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and try to be honest with them. Well, and the the things you do with running marathons and inviting people to support Ian and support the cancer program, do share a little bit about who you are um, as a person outside of work, sharing your prostate cancer story that that many people, even people relatively close to me, don't share those things. And then I'm surprised that I've been talking to them for a year and they neglected to mention they just got divorced. Yeah. Those kinds of things, I, it feels like I thought we had a trusting relationship and not that I care or don't care about your status, but that's one of the big life events and to not be authentic and transparent without sharing too much information impacts how I see them. Right. And uh, I think you, you, when you have something like a cancer, yeah. you have to make a decision. Are you going to be open about it or are you going to not be open about it? And I talked to my wife about it um, and my close friends. Mm -hmm. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know what, I, I want to be, I want to motivate other people. Uh, so if I never say anything, I thought, who's mm -hmm. that going to help? Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, why did God put me in that position where I have this? challenge in front of me mm -hmm. uh, and I called it Gary's race uh, my fight against the cancer to beat the cancer I called it Gary's race and I brought other people into the race uh, mm -hmm. so you know you bring other people in and I'll, I'll get into some of my talks mm -hmm. later about what I do but um, you know bringing people in making a part of it getting out there in front giving your tips those are going to help other people uh, so you know do the right thing get mm -hmm. out there help others uh, help them get through it. You know, I, what I hear is a theme in your personal and professional life. You've got customer advisory board, you've got people who participated in um, your races, and just in your support system. So it sounds like all the way around you are um, willing to include other people, listen to their feedback, um, and involve them in helping you the company and you, the person, accomplish the goals that are important to you. I can always improve. And I get better <laughs> as a leader. I get mm -hmm. better as a person. Uh, I'm a better leader now than I was 10 or 15 oh, years course. ago. And, and you know, a better person, too. So mm -hmm. how can you, you know, continue to get feedback and continue to learn? I think, I think it's an important question. Often when I talk to people, and certainly early in my career, there was this perception that you only talk about work stuff at work. Personal life is something you do outside of work. And, and having personal conversations at work is actually diverting your attention from the, the goal of the job. Recent research says from organizations like Gallup, having a best friend at work is, is important. And yet we still have the question of what is an appropriate amount of sharing in a work setting. And there are things I certainly would never consider sharing in a professional environment. And so I think for some of the listeners, it's, it's an interesting distinction that we all, as leaders, work our way through. What can I authentically share? And really, what's just private? And for you, the well, cancer was not private. It, it certainly is private, but it, you were willing to share and use that as an example to motivate others. Right, and now I'm going out and talking about how to beat major life challenges. So okay. I'm doing talks now around the city. I've done three now, two groups, 
Uh, and I'm willing to talk to any groups about mm -hmm. how to overcome a life challenge. And the reason I expanded that to life challenge is my first talk was how to beat cancer. Mm -hmm. And I came out of that talk, uh, uh, talk about 50 people. I came out of the talk and I thought it went well and I got a lot of you know compliments that, that mm -hmm. really you know, inspired the group and everything. Uh, but then I was coming out of church mm -hmm. two weeks later and one of the guys in the audience pulled me aside. He said, Gary, I heard you talk about what you did to beat cancer and your tips and everything. Mm -hmm. I want you to know you motivated me. I, I said, well, what, what, what do you mean? He goes, I stay up to one o'clock in the morning thinking about what you said and what I could do mm -hmm. and I don't even have cancer. You know what happened to me? I'm like, what? He said, I lost my son. His mm. teenage son died. Oh, like, I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. A month earlier. And he said wow. that I motivated him, and I thought, this is unbelievable. You know, the, by sharing my story, mm -hmm. and getting out there and you know, being vulnerable, uh, mm -hmm. show, sharing my tips. Here I motivated someone that didn't even have cancer, so I changed the title of the talk to mm -hmm. How to Be Major Life Challenges, because I realized I was getting to other people. It's... it's touching to hear the impact we have on people often without realizing it right that hard to overemphasize the importance especially as a ceo right because so many people think ceos are the stereotypical um guys we read books about um some of them not so nice right that that actually probably the more um successful ceos the ones i know anyway are amazing human beings. They do great things in their community. Um, they're good fathers or mothers, and um, they belong to churches and civic organizations, and and um, really do model that kindness and compassion, coupled with an amazing drive to win. So, so I don't want to paint you as Mr. Yeah. Soft and Fluffy, because I'm right. guessing Jody's shaking her head no. Because you, you have to get things done. You have to get things done, and you do them in an ethical, caring way. I'm guessing. Yes. That's the goal. Do you want to comment on that? Yes. Um, Gary, for me, when he was going through can you know, the cancer, and um, what was amazing me every day was that he was at work every day. And he was, you know, so many people, the company, not everyone knew, so a lot of people didn't mm -hmm. know. And I even know um, some of the departments and the people that report to me um, later on, a few months down the road, when, you know, they, they heard what was going on, mm. but they go, I would have never known it. The guy's here every day. He's so up. He's still entering marathons. Um, he was still very focused on work. You know, so um, that kind of thing is just so inspiring to see, especially in a leader, um, mm -hmm. you know, it just makes you see how they have a life, they handle their life and work very much in the same way. And it sounds like just a positive outlook on life. That's one of my tips. How can you be positive? <laughs> you have to be positive. And if you're not positive, you're going down. So the first step is to be positive, yeah. But I, I used to call my, I'd go at, uh, for my treatments, there were 12 minutes mm -hmm. at lunch. I would go for, I would call my cancer lunch. Everybody get a kick out of that. So I go out, uh, get my radiation for 12 minutes, grab a Subway sandwich on the way back to the office, in the car, got mm -hmm. back only one hour for lunch. Never missed a, a minute of work. And ran a marathon in the middle of, of my treatment. Uh, so I did that because I wanted to show other people that uh, you don't have to be... The guy that misses work, that that feels tired, 
just because people tell you you're going to be tired or you're going to have to miss work doesn't mean you have to. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I try to do it to motivate other guys that, you know, maybe had to go through that. Mm -hmm. And you have a level of physical stamina that not everyone has. I built it up. <laughs> Jody I, I, gave me stamina. <laughs> I'm just imagining that I would probably miss a day of work. <laughs> or at least a minute. <laughs> so it's different for different people. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go to break. This is uh, Maureen Metcalf with Voice America Radio. Uh, we are doing the Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And if you listen to Gary Ross, he is definitely driving organizations and driving himself. Um, we'll, we'll be back in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one -on -one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today we have Gary Ross and Jody Curran talking about uh, growing companies and increasing their value. And um, the next question I have for Gary is, how? what are the um, elements that you look at in driving value? Well, from all my experiences, I've created what's called the 11 challenges to growing company value. So okay. these 11 challenges I've identified based on my experience and what I've seen work. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's customized uh, based on my view. It's on my website. 
on my LinkedIn profile, so anyone can look this up. Uh, but these, it's a menu of options uh, that allows the CEO to look at his company and say, all right, how do I increase the value? It's not just about growth. There's a lot of growth experts out there, uh, but you could be growing the wrong thing. You mm -hmm. could be focusing on the wrong thing. So what's going to grow the value of your company? I think especially for uh, private companies, smaller, mm -hmm. mid-sized companies that want to potentially maybe go get investment someday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you grow the value of your company? And, of course, that could mean growth, but in what areas? So we look at things like you know, the sales and marketing ROI as one of the areas. We, we uh, look at the growth cube. As okay, a way you've already to, talked about the growth cube. As a way to, yeah, strategize. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing reoccurring revenue streams, which increase the value of your company, even a service business, if you can grow a reoccurring stream. Mm -hmm. so like this radio eight. station, if they have reoccurring streams, they're going to be more valuable mm -hmm. uh, to an investor. Uh, improving profitability and scaling operations. So if you are growing as a company and you're not delivering the bottom line, what can you do to scale or improve the efficiency of your operation? Uh, things like Jody does to work on her operation Okay, we might be going to the top line, but if we're not operating well, we're not going to bring mm -hmm. home the cash and the profitability. Mm -hmm. uh, expanding globally is number five, which a lot of companies need to do. Uh, number six, hiring and keeping great people, uh, especially in the technology industry where I play. Uh, you know, it's tough to find and keep people. So that was technology. one of your four raving associates, and I assume raving is happy raving, not unhappy raving. Happy raving, raving and staying. <laughs> <laughs> it's happy raving, yeah. <laughs> Uh, number seven is implementing acquisitions okay. as, as a way to increase value. Uh, and that again ties back to my growth cube, your growth cube. It does, yeah. And so, uh, an example being the astute acquisition of a cloud telephony company to round out its product. So by doing that, mm -hmm. it increases the value of the company. So, so the reason I'm interjecting is a lot of people think the solution is um, acquisition. And yet I've gone into clients who have acquired a bunch of stuff that seems like a mismatch and not strategically um, synergistic. So um, then they end up spinning off and in some cases losing value. So this sounds like acquisition specifically aligned with gaps in my product, um, gaps in what my customers need that's very strategically aligned. Right, and the acquisition should follow the strategy. So you set your strategy as a company. Where do we want to go? Mm -hmm. What do we want to accomplish? And then down the road, then decide, do we need to go acquire that or we build it ourselves? And strategy beyond just big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I want big. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Uh, number eight is succeeding at startups and new product development. Uh, so I've, I've studied this recently. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for startups, that's one thing, uh, but very similar to that is, is new product launches and mm -hmm. new business launches mm -hmm. in big companies. So... That idea of being able to start something up from scratch. Uh, you know, I, I love things like How Google Works, the book How Google Works. Mm -hmm. you know, how do you create that you know, team environment with the developers? I think you can apply it to other industries. It's interesting, this idea of um, bimodal almost, that, that you've got a customer service department who runs um, effect effectively and efficiently, and then you've got this whole innovation thing that may be... Um, using a very different mindset to operate that is more agile um, but maybe not efficient and effective. Yeah, so, so how do we point. create this space within our organization 
to have uh, operations be operationally effective. Yeah. <laughs> and and we'll let, you know, innovation not always operationally effective. No, that's a great point. And uh, I'll let Jody jump in here. I, I would just say, you know, we try to create things inside the Stud, for example, like hackathons and mm -hmm. iteration reviews, uh, where the developers up there in front of the room and anyone in the company mm -hmm. can come and see what that person's working on, what they're accomplishing. Uh, so it's very Google-like, you know, uh, what you're trying to create. Not that everyone has to be like Google, mm -hmm. uh, but it gets that frontline person, that developer out there, talking about what they've accomplished. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's good. And then you get other departments in the room. And you're focusing the company on being innovative. Well, what, what do you right. think, Jody? I think of... it's just like um, with the customers, you know, just we want the employees to give their feedback. I want them to feel like they have input too. Make them mm -hmm. feel like they're making a difference in the country, in the company, that they have a contribution um, to all the changes that we're making. And I think when we do those kind of things, like the development things, um, where they're going out there and they're showing us, let us show you how we can be creative and where we think the product should go. It's amazing what comes out of that. And you've done um, some things to pull the developers into, like, your activities and exactly. into some of your action right, items. And right. Um, we've done some things where um, maybe if we'll get an abundance of service tickets or support issue tickets, mm -hmm. um, we'll bring, we'll put out a company afternoon where everybody comes in and even people who don't normally offer or answer support issues or service issues will come in for an afternoon and we'll all just work on them together. We'll kind of do like a knowledge sharing thing and we'll just bang mm -hmm. out cases and get things closed up and cleaned up for the customers. And I'm assuming then the learning from participating in that, something that's outside of my normal job, helps me be smarter about how I do my daily operations. Right, right. And it just also it makes your company kind of gel and, and everyone work together and see that even though we might be in these different um, areas of the building, and um, there really aren't walls. We're all really working towards one thing. And that's customer. Right, the customer, absolutely. And growth. Yeah. And grow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I guess to you know, talk about that, the inverted pyramid model mm -hmm. is uh, that we utilize to build culture. Uh, Jody's talking about that teamwork and the customer mm -hmm. focus. The model that we put into our companies is an inverted pyramid at the top is the customer. So you invert the, uh, the uh, traditional org chart is inverted upside down, the executive team on the bottom, and the customer and frontline associates at the top. And everything focuses on those frontline associates being able to serve the customers. So it's a, it's a model developed originally by Nordstrom mm -hmm. uh, that we've taken and applied to our companies over the years to get the culture to be focused on the customer and on being a team, on that frontline associate, being successful in creating a raving fan. Okay, so that makes sense. And that means that they are empowered to make decisions and to a certain level. That's the goal. I mean, we go into the companies, they're not always like that at the beginning. Right. <laughs> so, you well, know, you got to try and create that. And that's balanced with accountability and reporting and, and other things, right? That the associates know that they're serving the customers, but it's not without boundaries. That's true. Okay. That's true. I'm just thinking of some listeners who are going to say that would be a nightmare in my organization. And, and so being clear that um, we're not abolishing structure. Well, I think it's a, it's a just a matter of focusing your culture on what's mm -hmm. important. Uh, so it's not about, you know, having a bunch of meetings to talk about uh, uh, the quality program from the last five years. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more about what's going on with the customers. Are we mm -hmm. solving their problems? Are we coming out with innovative things that they like? Uh, are the people on the front line able to 
do anything? Or are they mm -hmm. totally strapped? Do they not have yeah. the tools? Are the systems not working for them? Uh, do we have the right systems? Do we have the right training? What about the development of the uh, of those people? So it sounds significantly or like organizational alignment. If I value my customers, I structure my organization that way. I spend time in our meetings that way. We talked earlier about the metrics. We're measuring how things go. We include customer advisory committees. All everything we do focuses structurally meetings culturally on that one piece. Unlike some organizations that put a big poster in the covey poster in the hallway and assume that because people walked by it, they know that customers matter. And right. yet then they have the attitude those silly customers keep calling and getting them in my way. <laughs> right. And and we felt like those customers And of course it's not <laughs> e this is not easy to do, but you have to set a goal and set a target and mm -hmm. work your way toward it. Mm -hmm. And be honest, try to be open, try to get people involved, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a journey. And so this has taken you years to transform organizations, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And sometimes you never don't you get where do you want to go. Really? And it's frustrating, but you know, <laughs> you, you give it your best shot. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully you get the results that the guys above you are looking for. So you had a couple more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine is gaining outside investment on the 11 challenges and increasing value. So mm -hmm. uh, gaining outside investment is a goal for some companies. Mm -hmm. uh, so I developed something called the four steps to highest valuation, the 12 steps to investment uh, for startups. I'm involved in our, our startup incubator here in Columbus called mm -hmm. Rev1. Uh, so there's a lot of startups there uh, that are looking for CEO coaching. Mm -hmm. Someone to come in and help them get it, get it to revenue generating. Mm -hmm. uh, so pre-revenue kind of things uh, I'm talking about here in terms of moving it forward, generating revenue, going out and getting investment. Mm -hmm. uh, number 10 is succeeding at service in a product-driven environment. So if you're in a product-driven company, how do you build a service business out of that that could be very high profit profits for the company? Mm -hmm. So the mix mm -hmm. of the company by growing service increases the value. And the last one is getting executive alignment, which I know you love, Maureen. <laughs> uh, so that is the last one. Okay. And my and 11 and challenges for increasing value. Thank you for sharing this. So we're going to wrap up. Um, what would you like listeners to take away in the next minute or so? And again, remembering that we want people to have a couple of things that they can actually go do this afternoon after listening to the show or tomorrow that, that they may not turn into you but that they um, are one step better at who they are. Well, I think deciding what you love to do. What do you love to do as a person? Mm -hmm. How does that fit with your work? There's got to be a synergy there. Uh, so I would find that. What is that synergy between what you love to do at work and what you love to do at, on your personal life? And try to merge, try to begin to merge that together. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so this is Maureen Metcalf. You have been listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Thank you for spending the last hour with us. Um, we hope that you find value in the conversation. And just again as a reminder, um, do think about if there's something you can take away from what Gary's talked about. So finding what you're passionate about and driving for it um, aggressively. Or how, how can I be authentic um, within my environment? Um, how can I be more open? How can I implement a, 
a customer advisory uh, board. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Email me at info at metcalf-associates.com um, or tweet me at Metcalf, Maureen Metcalf. Um, let me know what's working for you or if you have recommendations that aren't working. So consider the impact that innovative leaders are making on our world. Think about what Gary's talked about and how he impacts the world around him. We invite you to do the same. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.